Okay, thanks for tuning into this episode of our Unbossers podcast, which is absolutely amazing because we have yet another super cool change-making story installed for you. The case we're going to discuss today is about a Dutch company specialized in mortgage advice of all businesses. The company's name is Visi. They were founded in December 2010 and they wanted and still want to change the world of finance. That's their purpose. They want to make their industry better, more sustainable, and more focused on the long term. And since then, they've created quite an extraordinary story. They've implemented Holacracy to start off with. Holacracy, for those who don't know it, is a ready-made system to create a self-managing organization. And they've done so quite successfully, I might say. Because, for example, they've been named Best Employer in the Netherlands for the fourth consecutive year in 2022. They've also been rewarded as one of the best workplaces in Europe in 2021. And people and organizations visit Visi to learn from them on how they build trust in the organization, how they put their people first, how they change finance, how they cultivate psychological safety, how they organize an equal pay principle, um, how they organize horizontal feedback, and so on, and so on, and so on. So all in all, they've became this super inspiring showcase on how to build an engaging organization of the future. Now, in this conversation, I'll be talking to Tom van der Lubbe, who's one of the co-founders of Visi, and we will focus on a very specific perspective within this domain of building an inspiring and engaging customer-driven organization of the future. And that perspective is that many of the principles that Visi implemented and that many other quote-unquote unbossed organizations implemented are considered in mainstream management literature as very new, as organizational innovation, as social innovation. While, in fact, both and Tom and I believe that they're basically as old as the streets, the hairdressers, and the prostitutes. So we kick off the conversation with Tom explaining the 10 commandments of VZ and why they are so important to them. And then we will dive into four of them. Number one, no bosses but primus inter pares, no budgets but we go beyond budget, and no handbooks, only one golden rule. And the fourth one, I'll keep a secret, you'll have to listen to the conversation. It's the one that Tom selected. And um, yeah, just listen to the conversation and you'll find out. To wrap up the conversation, we discuss the impact of the current crisis in real estate on VZ and how they embody, apply, or maybe refine their Ten Commandments in a crisis situation. And this is a very relevant topic because many organizations that go on this transformational journey, everything tends to go well until the first crisis hit. And then many organizations fall back on their old command and control behavioral patterns. So let's learn from Tom how VZ deals with a crisis situation. Super interesting. So in short, this is yet another Changemaker podcast bomb. I really hope you like it. Without further ado, here is Tom van der Lubbe, co-founder of VZ. Yes. Hi, Tom. (laughs) All right, Nick. I'm a bit. I'm a bit nervous because I'm testing for the first time. Uh, well, not testing. I'm I'm applying it for the first time in a live recording, the new functionality of iPhone and Mac. 
you can now use your iPhone as a webcam for uh, in Zoom calls. So actually, the the video that you see is uh, from my iPhone is the camera that I'm using, not oh. the the camera from the laptop. Uh, so <laughs> I I like technology, but I'm I won't say I'm a technology uh, expert. So uh, I'm hope I I've set up everything correctly. It was I quite easy actually. Difference. No, no, oh. no. Um, okay. I suggest we dive right into the conversation, yeah. Tom. Okay. Yeah. Um, typically we start with some, um, some first opening questions so that, uh, our listeners can build up some personal connection with you. And, um, I was wondering if you look at 2022, who in your family surprised you the most this year and why? Mm, yeah, I had to think about this question, and um, I think I'm ending with my, or uh, coming up with my kids, because mm -hmm. I'm. Uh, what I like about having kids, and they're six and seven years old, two boys, is that is a kind of reflection of 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 a life which which starts again, so to say, and uh, and, and what I just find very funny is. Let's say the 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 way they behave, just just in general. So I don't have a very specific mm. uh, example, but what I just see all the time is that kids ask those questions you don't realize you would ask them yourselves. So, for mm -hmm. instance, what do you do in the office? One of my one of my boys asked, well, "What do let's you do?" There? Yeah, yeah. Let's answer the question. What What do you do in the office, Tom? So, and then I and then I just answered. I said, um, "That's a very good question." I also sometimes I really don't know what I'm doing there, but it was. I mean, it was just a joke for myself. But it's it's. I like the reflection of having kids because they 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 get you sometimes out of your totally totally rational environment you're in. And then they suddenly they ask you questions. I, I, and and uh, this mm -hmm. office question was just one, uh, one, one, one example. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember the the podcast I did with uh, NK Shot Harry from Jaipur Rugs. Uh, I think the first question I asked him was like, uh, if I would ask your mother to describe you, uh, how would she describe you? And uh, you have to know the man is seventy years old, and he said, well. I think she would say I'm still a child, and I'm proud of it. And I'm proud of it. Uh, I know him very well. Yeah. Ah, you know him very well. Okay, yeah. I'm I'm yeah. visiting him in uh, January. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Say yeah. Greetings to him. Okay, I will. I will. But uh, let me steal the question of your son. I think it's a, a good way to introduce also uh, you as a professional and your and your company uh, to our listeners. So, what do you do at work? Now I could repeat the answer that I also sometimes don't know now, but that, that's um, um, what do I do in the in the office? Um, um, we do mortgage advice, so just very normal. If people want to buy an apartment or a house, and we work with a self-organizational structure, right? so it's called a locracy. Um, and uh, you have different roles, and uh, currently I am uh, the lead link. So the kind of CEO of the company, but that sometimes also rotates and depends a little bit on the situation. Um, but I also did different uh, stuff 
in the in the past or sometimes I do different stuff. So one of mm-hmm. the things is also to do a lot of media and that's the role I, I am in now. Uh, I, I, I take care of, of these media roles or um, um, doing presentations about VZ, mm-hmm. uh, etc. That's also part of my role uh, because that's not, in our case, not doesn't have to be the CEO role. Okay, um, and uh, well, now you you already triggered my uh, curiosity because you say I'm the lead kind of the CEO, but also this sometimes rotates. Yeah. Um, could you give an example? I mean, I think a lot of people in traditional companies are now really thinking, huh, you're the CEO, but it's sometimes you're not. Maybe if possible, uh, explain it a little bit. Yeah, we um, we are a self-organization, uh, or the, our structure is uh, about self-organization, and we have we have certain principles, but we we have have built our own model. So what we what we do is that let's say in teams we rotate different roles. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that can be, for instance, co- the coordinational role, um, which they you call it take takes care of the resources. So how how the work is 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 done in a team, uh, and and this whole idea of rotation um, is, let's say, the idea behind it is that you build up as many leadership skills as possible in the whole organization, and it balances your 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 way of power because everybody is just it's just at a certain point somebody has taken has to take over this responsibility. So I always compare it a little bit with a club of friends who let's say do a trip every year and then you are four friends or six or eight and then every year somebody else has to organize the retreat or the or the mm-hmm. that's the a weekend. good metaphor that's and, a good and, metaphor and so because sometimes it's we make things very complicated and it's not so difficult but um uh, try to keep it simple and if you if you have a kind of rotation principle um, it balances your team because you just know you can, it's always very easy to criticize somebody else. But if you if you know that next year you have to organize the weekend, you better be pretty careful to organ to criticize the let's say the hotel or the destination or whatsoever because mm-hmm. you know you will be next mm-hmm. year you will be the one who has to organize it. And this 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 kind of principle is very old. It um, it 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 also still. It, still exists but it comes from uh polis Athens two and a half thousand years ago um so it's 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 a mechanism which balances in that time it was political power but you still see it also in structures uh in in law firms or consultancies or investment banks uh where where you have a partner structure and and where for instance people vote or choose somebody from the partners to be the leading partner for a certain period of time. Or mm. if you have merchant cities, uh, I don't know if it in, in Antwerp it was the case, but if you have, for instance, the Dutch Republic in the whole Republic uh, structure, but you also have Venice or the Hanse uh, cities, um, mm. you, you have the families who rule the city. But but they all do they 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 also did it with a rotational principle. Mm. So, so before people, before people say our listeners start saying like, 
what kind of uh, new age 21st 22nd century even uh, bullshit is this guy uh, um, uh, sharing with us no actually the rotation principle of a leading role in in, a, in an organization is as old as athens and democracy itself basically yeah, and also our our current political system is also a kind of rotation principle because yeah, we indeed. I was every four years so let's say the old model is the is the is the monarchy uh, where people stay uh, in power as long as possible and then and then the next generation is able to take over and eh? they inherit the the crown so to say and the republican principle which comes after is 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 a kind of uh, voting for somebody but also a kind of rotation uh, principle mm -hmm. for instance in uh, the american constitution or the american system you can only be chosen for two times mm -hmm. so you can't you can't stay longer as a president or an even much better uh, example is switzerland where the government rotates every year so the chancellor or the president of the swiss republic every year somebody else from the government takes over Okay, I didn't uh, know that. Okay. I also didn't know until I uh, I moved to Switzerland, but that that's a very very old uh, system, so to say. Okay. Um, I can imagine that such a context in which you rotate and take up different roles, it yeah, it helps build your personal development. So, what would you say is life and your work teaching you at this very moment? What are you really learning from the challenges that are being presented at work at this very moment? Yeah, what we, what I mean, we are we are uh, doing this podcast now in the uh, beginning of December, eh? uh, twenty-two, and, uh, and uh, let's say it's, it's a tough time. Uh, economy goes into recession, high inflation, um, especially for instance in our market, mortgage market, it's it's it's. Uh, mm. I wouldn't say it collapsed, but it it, it really um, uh, is a totally different situation than a year ago. Uh, and what you see in our in our structure, and it's also a, a, a question uh, again and again: Does self-organizational does a self-organizational structure works in times of crisis? And 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 it's it's really uh, interesting to see that let's say in times of crisis, you have a kind of different principle. Normally, if everything uh, goes very smoothly and you don't have any problems, then you you focus much more on rotation and uh, giving everybody without any experience a chance to develop their skills uh, because at that time it's not it's not very critical. And then we always had the principle of rotation over experience. And we were mm -hmm. always focusing on that because the normal reaction is somebody has done the job, let's say for half a year in a very good way. And then everybody says, Nick, you are doing so great as a facilitator or a moderator or a secretary or a lead link. Just continue because you're, you did a great job. And then we always had to say, yes, that could be a very easy reaction and also a very easy decision but that's not the goal the goal is to give other colleagues also a possibility to learn and then often you 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 just experience in a team that there are a lot of people who are capable of a lot of stuff they 
perhaps even themselves didn't know they were able to do so. So it it creates an enormous development in your whole organization. And now I come to the point of, of a crisis. In times of crisis, it's the, it's the other way around. Then, then you have to focus in a totally different way. You have some difficult decisions to take in a lot of, um, uh, let's say, businesses. And then suddenly experience and responsibility and uh, which goes together plays a much more important role than at that moment the rotation principle of of giving an opportunity to somebody who is not experienced because if if times get tough then it's not the wisest situation or decision then to experiment uh, mm-hmm. uh, um, if if you're not experienced so let's say if you would if you would i was like to to take simple examples so if if the weather is very nice and you're sailing then you can just say to somebody who is not a sailor and i'm not a sailor by the way will you just take over do you want to sail a little bit and then you can just learn and say oh i like i like to sail but if you go into a thunderstorm then it would make sense that the person takes over who is an experienced sailor so okay. that's something which which at the moment we uh, we just see and and it's just nice to see that you are able to adapt in such a situation in a very fast way and everybody also understands uh, mm. that it makes sense then to uh, yeah to hand over for instance responsibility uh, mm-hmm. to to people who have done let's say the the, mm. the, the job twenty five years and not yeah. um, just arrived let's say a year ago. Tom, to be absolutely 100% clear and not create any misconceptions with our uh, listeners, when you say in times of crisis, it's it's experience over rotation, it still means it's experience within the self-organizing structure. It's not like, oh, it's crisis, we centralize the power back to one person with the most experience. You still remain within the same self-organizing structure yeah 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 Yeah. Yeah. but let's say just take an example you have for instance a secretary role is a role where you have to be um just let's say from functional skills be able to 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 have a lot of tabs open and a lot of metrics etc etc and if if you're not used to that uh then 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 it can be very stressful and if you mm-hmm. are experienced then it is not stressful mm-hmm. yeah indeed um Fizi was uh, awarded great place to work in the, both in the netherlands and in europe right yeah four times yeah. we were number one in netherlands and how did that how does that feel to be to be recognized what does that do to you and your your colleagues? Uh, yeah, that's a question we often uh, get. And the funny thing is, it's 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 even a kind of ambivalent. So, mm-hmm. and 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 I have to explain why. Um, on the one hand, it's 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 great because external uh, an external reward also says something about, let's say, the status of the company. Um, but the, f- the interesting thing is that the first time we got those this, uh, these awards, or I think the second one time, um, we 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 had much higher fluctuation than before, uh, and then it also felt a little bit awkward, uh, mm-hmm. and then and then we find out that um, uh, that people were 
mainly applying on the self-organizational structure and a lot of other stuff we do and mm. less about let's say being a mortgage yep. advisor yeah uh, so 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 i mean it could be very easy just to answer oh we, we were so happy we were the greatest company etc etc now it's it's a little bit more complicated and the other aspect i would i would like to say is in the end we don't we don't um we're not interested that much in 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 those awards per se it's more about it gives you a kind of structure because you have to 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 reflect on certain topics once in a while mm-hmm. and you have to fill out um uh let's say a questionnaire etc so it gives you a kind of rhythm mm. which helps but in the end the only thing which is decisive is what kind of um, uh, let's say note or what kind of feedback do you get from your own people mm-hmm. it's much more important than if you are done let's say number one or number 15 in the end i mean yeah it's nice because everybody says oh you're a winner and then mm-hmm. we were three times in a row or four times in a row even number one in the netherlands but um probably in the long run i would say if you're always let's say in this list in in this category of the first 10 and and then then everything is also fine so mm-hmm. i wouldn't make mm-hmm. it more important than it, than it is um yeah and i i, I resonate uh, with the experience that this type of publicity also has a downside in the sense that it attra- might attract a certain type of um, people that actually don't really well fit with your with the actual core value that you're trying to create but that are attracted because of the the award that you receive so i've, I've and it also it also can and there's also another aspect on uh, about this eh? so it also can create the kind of bias of overconfidence mm-hmm. so so you think at a certain moment and that's also the reason for instance why why we implemented the rotation principle because let's say after a certain time you think that 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 the success of a company or the or the or the or the, or the you think you have taken the right decisions, uh, but that's not the case. So there's an enormous amount of luck. It depends on the mm-hmm. economic circumstances, et cetera, et cetera. And, 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 and then at a, at a certain time, let's say if you would be, let's say, number one as an employer all the time, you say, okay, we're doing so brilliantly. We don't have to, we, we, don't, we, we can't become better. Uh, we mm, are already yeah. the best, so to say. So it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's this kind of and, and maybe of also Tom, that um, I'm not saying it's the case, but it's what I experienced that um, it it impacts it can impact the psychological safety in the organization with people that do have tensions with the way things are going, but there's an immediate reaction like, hey. I mean, uh, you know, uh, they they bagatellize. I don't know if that's an English word, but they they um, they, they yeah, downplay they downplay uh, the tension someone expresses. Like, yeah. hey, come on, we're we're the number one greatest place. What are you complaining about? Um, okay, maybe can you? Uh, so I will share with the release of the podcast the document that your colleague Mark Peter, the the cultural the link to the cultural audit where 
Well, it's a fantastic document, by the way. My compliments and every every single detail of how you guys work is is beautifully de is uh, described there. Um, but we can summarize it into ten rules, I might say. Could you maybe just present those ten rules briefly, and then um, I want to ask you a little bit about how these rules came about, and then we'll zoom into two, three of those rules in detail. Okay. Yeah. I will I will I will I will start by saying how 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 we came to those 10 rules. I wrote an article um uh, on the platform Corporate Rebels, which mm -hmm. by the way, I mean you you know the platform. I think people mm -hmm. who listen to your podcast are probably also familiar with the Corporate Rebels. And if they are not, uh it it, it make it makes sense to uh, to have a look at uh, at the website. Uh, and then, and then, um, um, uh, one of the founders of the corporate world said, uh, "Could you please summarize it, or just put it in a more practical way?" And then, and then I just started to write them down, and then finally there were ten. And the ten, I, I, um, let's say the, the 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 topic is we call it less is more, and that was the article I wrote about less is more. And then the question was, okay, what are the the practical examples of that and the practical examples of less is more um is the one we already uh, a little bit discussed now bosses but primus inter pares that is rotation principle mm -hmm. then the second one is uh, no functions um role uh, we have those roles and we don't have any business cards so it's very simple uh, we only have one title it's called visionaire so somebody who works for physic uh, we work with autonomy, and we also touch a little bit upon uh, that topic with uh, holacracy, so not the permission culture. Uh, we work in a horizontal way, so very team-focused. Um, that doesn't mean that there aren't layers, but the main, the main decision-making structure is a horizontal one. We don't have bonuses, but fixed salaries. We, have, we don't have performance reviews, uh, only peer-to-peer -peer feedback in the teams. On a daily basis, we don't have classical HR hiring, but the teams hire themselves. Uh, we don't have handbooks; we only have the gold, so-called golden rule, um, and that that means that you treat other people like you want to be treated yourself. We don't have budgets, uh, or let's say we have budgets, but we try to avoid budgets as much as possible, uh, which is called beyond budgeting also not invented uh, by us. And we have a culture of radical transparency, and that means that we share everything which is possible. Uh, so the principle is exactly the opposite. We share everything, or there must be a good reason not to share it. And that means, for instance, client data is not shared. But for instance, the culture audit, as you just mentioned, is normally a document which is not shared. And then we ask Great Place to work and said, okay, shall we just share our culture audit, because we want to inspire as many people as possible, and people can just inspire themselves. I mean, they don't have to copy our model, but perhaps it's a good inspiration for a lot of people. And I said, yeah, uh, you can you can share, but it's not normal to share your cultural audit, because the cultural audit is, uh, as an audit often is, something which is a kind of secret document mm -hmm. for internal purposes. So we, mm -hmm. we changed it. Um, how... There, there's a, um, a a misconception that often comes back when people talk about self-organization. And it's like, um, it's the perception that everybody, there are no rules. 
you know everybody can just do what they want mm. um which is obviously the recipe for chaos and uh as your 10 rules are a great example you guys have crystal clear rules very simple less rules than in a typical organization but the rules that are there are very clear and and understandable by everybody could you share your view on why it is important to have these rules you know what these 10 rules why what what's the role that they play in the organization i don't know how important they are so i even would think that most of our colleagues were not able to to mention the 10 rules uh, and i also have to 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 read them from a piece of paper so that's what i also said i i wrote them down uh, uh, and then and then it also let's say is 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 a very practical uh, way of 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 telling something about your model uh, but but i would just say culture is something which which lives in a company and then mm -hmm. at a certain point you start to write stuff down and sometimes other other experiences uh, are added to the whole system perhaps then we should update uh, it after a certain period of time and then change one and say, okay, no, another rule, which we all also have, but we didn't think about it, should be added, etc. So I just think it's a kind of living, or, uh, living organism, mm -hmm. which, which, which is just built by, by the people. And, and, and our whole organizational structure has some very basic rules of behaving towards each other. So the golden rule, I would say, is in the center of the whole model because... The starting point is you would treat other people like you want to be treated yourself. And it can be towards customers or partners or the environment or the state or whatsoever. And 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 that keeps it very yeah, I don't know if the word fresh or actual is 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 the good word, but but it sharpens the mind all the time. Because mm -hmm. you ask all the time if something happens, you don't ask where do I find this in a kind of rule book. No, you just you just say okay. If I would be the client at this moment, how would I think or like to be treated by, let's say, a VC advisor? Or if I would talk about a partnership, if I would sit on the other side of the table, what would I expect from VC? And because this golden rule is so so compact or so 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 reduced to the max, I think the model stays fresh. Mm -hmm. But in a way, our societies with our basic rules in the constitution, it's about the basic rules in the con constitution and not about let's say details. Uh, I mean, you can have details in 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 certain fields, but it's about the main topics and to stay focused on the main principles of your of your organization mm -hmm. so I think that's that's the core so the role that you want these principles to play is that people in their daily rituals and practices they're doing stuff and then reflect on okay is is this my interpretation of for example the golden rule is this how i would like to be treated by a vz advisor um so that's the that's the rule it's kind of a, a a moral compass for people to benchmark their their decisions and their activities yeah it's you could even say it's more kind of principles for working together then because rules always have something a kind of 
bureaucratic connotation, eh? like if you talk about tax rules, etc. Doesn't have to be. Mm. But if you take, for instance, this book of the of the Netflix founder and no rules, um, I w- it always a question of a kind of definition. So I would call them principles, mm-hmm. uh, which is much nearer to how do we behave to each other mm-hmm. than than this idea of a rule, which which has a kind of bureaucratic uh, connotation. And if imagine that I would start working for VZ, how do I learn about these principles? Is this something that's integrated in the recruitment process? Is this something that you learn just by? By working there uh, with ups and downs, or how how does that work? It's a combination. So um, let's say the people who start at VZ, fifty um, percent of the time they know already somebody who works at our company, and then then or people were clients. Mark Peter, you just mentioned, was a client, and mm-hmm. then he, uh, he 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 said, okay, that's interesting, uh, interesting company. Never would have thought he would work for a mortgage advisor uh, and then we have uh, 25% of people who read about the company so I would say we are in an exceptional situation that people who apply for let's say apply at our company already are a little bit familiar with the way we work mm-hmm. then you have the onboarding and then then you go into detail that's also a topic for instance where Mark Peter plays a very important role and then 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 we share let's say that's the way we work at VZ and then we explain what self-organization is etc etc but the 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 last part you mentioned just let's say learning or working on the job is I think in most companies the most decisive part because let's say if you if you just join for instance a session if you if you join a, a, a meeting which, by the way, everybody can do. There is a holacracy safari, it's called, every Monday morning. And people are just able to join. And then they see how do we work together in in this meeting uh, mm-hmm. structure. So I think in the end, you can, you can tell people from a theoretical aspect how things work. But... In the end, you just have to do it. It's a little bit telling about how a hamburger tastes, but in the end, you have to take a bite and then say, okay, do you like a hamburger or not? So so I think this practical way of, of just working together, and then, then it evolves. And what's very interesting is that if you have a kind of structure, people adapt automatically to the structure. So for people who join and and who don't have an enormous amount of working experience, it's it's their reality. And and also people who used to work for a long time at other companies, they're also totally familiar with this way of working after, mm. let's say, a couple of weeks. Yeah, the, the the impact of set and setting in which you the set and yeah. setting in which you work um yeah, heavily impacts your 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 mindset and your behavior indeed. Um have you ever had someone that structurally has a totally different interpretation of the principles than what, let's say, the majority of the company has. So someone who says yes to all the principles, but then in acting out the principles, you just notice that they they don't really fit. Have you ever had that? 
Did you know that Unbossers is embarking on a unique, super exciting one-year learning journey with 10 high-profile changemakers from well-known banks, retailers, ICT service providers and consumer goods organizations? And did you know that based on their current business challenges, we are connecting them in unique learning formats with organizations out there that successfully combine the pursuit for business success with care for their people and for society, aka unbossed organizations. And if you're interested in joining a similar program or even a tailor-made program specifically curated to the needs and challenges of your organization, then please, please, please check our website www.ombossers.com or contact us and send us an email to hello at ombossers.com. Good question. Very, let's say, strong examples we don't have, but it has to do also with the fact that, let's say, most people are pretty young. So let's say, what what I I can say is it's easier, I mean, if you don't have 20 years of working experience and you just (laughs) finish your university degree or if you've worked for one or two years in a corporate environment, Mm. it's much easier to, to adapt to the molly to the model than if you have 25 years of experience working in a, in a let's say rather corporate bureaucratic environment because mm. the difference is is just much bigger mm-hmm. but having said that uh we we we, we didn't have uh, that big problems but it's a little bit like like uh, if you if you have to work in a digital environment and and somebody is much older it doesn't mean that 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 People who are much older are not familiar with, let's say, using FaceTime or or uh, using an iPhone, etc. So yeah, it's not age related. No, but but there the, still is a kind yeah, of there's a correlation. But there's yeah. correlation. So if I yeah. see, let's say, uh, the younger generation, I'm 54, and if I just see the speed where people on their iPhone send WhatsApp text messages, they're much faster than I am, as an example. Mm. So there is a kind of correlation, but in the end, it depends very much on the attitude of the person mm. themselves. What you always see is, but that's in every organization, that you have now and then discussions about a certain interpretation, or just take an example of this, of this rotation principle, that, for instance, in times of crisis where things have have to go much faster, uh, and 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 um, uh, sometimes are let's say more difficult, uh, uh, then it's 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 important to explain that that the structure doesn't change or the model of self-organization doesn't change, but the principle of experience is more important in in times of crisis than normally yeah? and and that should let's say play a more decisive role mm-hmm. uh, than uh, uh, the rotation that's very normal but if you let's say if you have to to just take the soccer the soccer tournament at the moment the world championships if you have to take a penalty and 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 somebody's very experienced uh, and you are uh, Ronaldo, uh, then it would be it would be strange to give somebody opportunity who has never uh, 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 done those penalties at, at at a world soccer championship to say to this person who plays his second 
match, uh, do you want to take the first penalty? Now, mm-hmm. then probably Ronaldo should take the first penalty. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so Again, it's, a good I metaphor. Think, yeah, I think, I think this practical example show that, let's say, with common sense, you can solve most problems in, in, in a company as you also solve problems in daily life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's let's zoom in, in into a couple of these uh, principles. Uh, I'd like to start with no bosses, but primus inter pares. Um, we already talked about the a little bit about the the rotation uh, principle. So it's not always in the. I would say the, the the leader or the lead link depends on the context and the situation. And it's not always the same person. Um, I guess a lot of companies ask themselves, yeah, but how does that then work in really in 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 practice? You know, is it is it crystal clear for everyone who will take the final decision? depending on which topic is being decided or so maybe touch a little bit on that. Yeah, I just, I'll just take another example. I take our credit department and let's say if, if six colleagues work together in the credit department and then every half year, somebody else takes over this coordination role. And it's, it's, it's a little bit comparable, let's say, with all those agile developments or projects. It's more a kind of project uh, role. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's, it's not a huge role. So it's not because everybody has responsibility for its own role. It's, it's, more, about, it's more about kind of coordinational responsibility. It's not about telling other people how to do their work. Yeah. Because everybody is owning the responsibility of their own role and you mm-hmm. can just also in our structure you can just look that up and then see what accountability what accountabilities every role has so a lead link has nothing to do with the accountabilities of those roles it's more about about let's say if you have a certain amount of work that somebody has to check okay in the past it was very simple once a day, you got a lot of letters and then you had to decide, okay, if you have a team of so, so many people, who is going to do, who is going to answer which letter and uh, has somebody much more work to do than the other one. And then somebody has said, okay, so we just discuss this and then, and then also try to level the workload in the team. So leveling the workload in the team, which is then called uh, the resources, uh, uh, so what kind of capabilities do you have in your team to get the, the work done? That's, that's more leveling about, about the, the resources, but it also can be that let's say somebody has a private situation where somebody has less possibilities of taking care of a lot of stuff. And then you also have to balance this. Mm-hmm. That, that's yeah. more or less the so, role. It's, I think it's fair to say compared to a, 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 the way a classic team works, in your teams, people, every individual takes on all the responsibility that is linked to their role. And th- therefore, the manager role is downsides to 
coordination work, as you explained, and in exceptions when someone has a, a personal problem, how are we to coordinate how we're going to deal with that rather than in a classic team where you have a manager with tons of responsibility. So the workload yeah. of a lead link is maybe 10, 20% of his her, or her time. And that's the role that, um, okay. Yeah. And what is, what is perhaps also interesting to, 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 to explain is that in, in Dutch, you called werkende voorman. So it's, it's, it's somebody, it's just one of the colleagues who does the same work, but has some extra responsibilities of coordinating the work of the whole team. That's what actually happens. And that if you, if you let's say, take the continental European Rhineland capitalism, how they call this, eh, the small, medium-sized enterprises, then you just have, and you have this still everywhere. Let's say if you have a painting uh, company or, or, or you do something, uh, together, then you just have a guy who also works on the construction side, but who is still taking care of the team. But mm. he's not standing just by his side and telling the other ones how to how to paint the new uh, windows. No, he also paints a window, but he's just the guy who is in, who is in charge of of four people painting the windows of this new construction site. Yeah, indeed. Um, I'm going to touch on the principle um, uh, on feedback. So you said no, not yearly evaluation, but uh, feedback, day-to-day, uh, peer-to-peer feedback. The reason why I, I, I bring this up is because in an, in the model that you work with, that's kind of super important, right? Because it might be that some people enjoy more the freedom than the responsibility then that comes with your model and other people they might take up much more responsibility than uh, and so there might be a disbalance between how much responsibility people in the same role uh, uh, take on um, which might create tensions doesn't have to be might create tensions and the way to tackle those tensions is when people openly give feedback to each other so could you touch on the principle of feedback and how it works? Yeah, first, first perhaps to zoom out, we have those fixed salaries mm-hmm. to create psychological safety. Yeah, so I think people who listen to your workshop may be familiar with this principle, psychological safety. Uh, Amy Edmondson became very famous by her book, and psychological safety means that you are able share on the one hand your vulnerabilities and say, I'm not sure, shall I go do this or that? And on the other hand, also being able to give colleagues feedback and say, mm, I would better, or my experience is this or that. And if you have fixed salaries, you you know that in, in both directions, it doesn't harm the salary of yourself or the colleague. And that's something very, very important, which is the opposite in the bonus culture. Because then if you give negative feedback, you just know uh, you just skip the bonus of your colleagues, so to say. So that's that's the starting point. So there is a security and the psychological safety of sharing feedback. Then how does it work? Uh, uh, if people work together in a team and everybody does more or less the same job, it's peer-to-peer. It's just horizontal feedback. So it's not vertical feedback of somebody who is not doing the job that him, him or herself comes by and then then f- criticizes and gives feedback to, to people. No, it's just one of those people in, in the team, they, they just give each other feedback all day. And, 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 and I think the starting point is that you are able to share your doubts. So doubts or not being sure 
is something positive. Because mm -hmm. if you're not sure, and then you also have this idea of the biases again, then you ask, okay, I'm thinking, I have this topic, shall I do it in this way or in that way? And, and then somebody says, yeah, no, I would do it in that way. And if, let's say, one or two people and you're not sure, they will say, no, I will do it in that way, then your quality of decision-making is much higher than if you say, I'm not going to ask anybody, although I'm not sure, I better go for the wrong decision, but I don't want to show any weaknesses. Yeah? And that's mm -hmm. a normal situation. So your quality of decision-making or the quality of work done in the team just gets higher. Is it, is it seen as something negative feedback? No, it's not. Because the decision-making capabilities or skills of everybody in the team, they grow. And the more information is shared, the faster also the development of all those people is because information flows all the time. So mm. it's seen as something which is positive. Fully agree. Uh, and so my follow-up question is really on the nitty-gritty. So I fully agree that quality of dialogue, quality of information flow is much higher than in the classic uh, team setup. However, even in that situation, um, and even with fixed salaries, which I agree, uh, it helps psychological safety. There's also the fact that you also have the fact of emotions, that some people are just better in giving feedback than others, and some people are better in receiving feedback than others. And if, imagine I give feedback, I try to give feedback to my colleague, and every time the colleague re reacts very defensively, right, almost toxically, and you notice that he doesn't listen to me, but when the lead link, you, for example, one of the founders of the company, says exactly the same thing, he listens well, right? The It's really, so this is nitty-gritty. You're already, information no, flow is high, quality is high, it's much better, but still no, there, you have that, that personal, the, the emotional part of giving feedback. Is there anything you guys... To, to to support your people in that, to, to create a context no, where people are supported in that? I don't agree with you. So I... Oh, I lost uh, uh, your sound. Okay. Ah, the, now it's back. Yeah, yeah, now okay. it's back. I wouldn't, I wouldn't actually uh, agree. So uh, research shows that, let's say, peer-to-peer -peer feedback yeah. mm -hmm. on... Oh, on just a second, Tom, just a second. Yeah. The music starts playing. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> I <laughs> don't hear anything. Uh. Oh. Hmm. Uh, okay. Barbies. Yeah, I'm back in action. Sorry. Okay. No problem. <laughs> so I would I would I would say that research shows that peer-to-peer -peer feedback of direct colleagues is is more productive then vertical feedback also of the lead link. Fully agree. Although, although let's say the lead link in, in normal teams is, is, is still on a horizontal basis. But this feedback is given, let's say, if you have tactical or daily uh, check-in or a daily stand-up, etc., you have this kind of collective intelligence. So if it would be that, let's say, somebody is, doesn't accept any feedback at all, then in this whole onboarding, 
And that's, and that's why also the hiring aspect of the team itself is so important. The team hires an extra colleague. And, and, and everybody has a veto in this process of, of in this hiring process. So somebody then joins the team. So Nick joins our team. And then let's say Nick doesn't behave, just taken as an example, doesn't behave or doesn't receive feedback or like his team colleagues would have ex expected Nick would do. And they say, Nick, you know, we had such a great impression. Why don't you just accept blah, blah, blah. So, so, and that mm -hmm. this goes automatically. So if you would have a very strong example of somebody who did excellent application talks and was able to convince the colleagues and then behaves in a totally different way, perhaps doesn't accept feedback at all or, or says, for instance, I, I, I don't understand uh, why you do it in this way or in that way, or I think I'm much better than the other ones, I should receive a bonus, etc. Then people would just say, okay, then, then we, we, we would recommend you just to, to, to go somewhere else. So in the end, we don't have, we don't have that many, many problems because it's, 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 it's not one, one, one against one, so to say. No, it's a kind of collect, collective process where a team works together. Uh, and if it would be, let's say, in a one-to-one -one situation, then people would address this and say, okay, let's just discuss this with, let's say in a broader in the broader team meeting uh, because let's say we have a different opinion about let's say the way we work together etc mm -hmm. so okay. it's clear it's it's what i always find interesting is and that you see you see this over and over again that if you work with structures like we do we have to explain all the time why it works although if you just do it the other way around and you take a, let's say, normal structure or a normal corporation or a normal company where everybody knows it doesn't work, eh? just for instance, take bonuses. Bonuses are counterproductive. A lot of work done, a lot of research done on that. Who has to explain all the time that, let's say, fixed salaries uh, work? We have to explain this. Mm, yeah, and, that's and, a... and this peer-to-peer -peer feedback, <laughs> research says peer-to-peer -peer feedback of your direct colleagues on a daily basis works much better than, than let's say at the end of the year one time and somebody sits there it's kind of inquisition and tells you in March you did this and I, I always say if you have kids do you give them feedback at the moment something happens but that would be still vertical eh, as a parent but if you have something with your partner let's say if if I have some uh, uh, a discussion with my wife do I, do I just keep this and write it down in a book? And then at the end of the year, I do a kind of year end conversation with my wife and say, in March, you uh, said this to me. Everybody starts laughing. Of course. But in a company, it's exactly the way we do it. Yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't, uh, this was not an invitation to prove why it works. My question was an invitation to how, how, as you mentioned in the beginning, how can you make it even better? And, uh, I've experienced myself in, in those structures, all the benefits that you've explained. And at the same time that I sometimes find it easier to give feedback to person A than it is to person B. It's just a, a human, a human thing. And that was, 
that was just uh, that was what what my question was referring to. So you don't have to convince you, me. No, but, but what you what you always what you always have, and that we also have to accept, is that if you let's say at a certain amount of people, you have just different constellations which work much better than other ones. Now and, we're getting and, there, and 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 that's something very natural. So if you let's say have a, I don't know because I'm not involved. But if you have, I will just stay to our credit department, and people just find out that, let's say, people would accept feedback from one person, let's say, much better than from another one. What happens in the in 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 practice? Somebody will just go to this colleague, which somebody likes a lot. And says, Nick, eh, you are one of my favorite colleagues. I'm not quite sure. Shall I do this or that? And then Nick's answers this or that as an answer. And the person doesn't go to the colleague where, let's say, from an interpersonal aspect, somebody would say, hmm, uh, I, 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 I prefer to get advice from Nick. But mm -hmm. this is solved at a certain amount of people. This is, this is solved in a kind of automatic way. Does it mean that we don't have any discussions? No. You always have on, on certain topics and discussions and people have different personalities. But what is a good example, what we also do, and that could be, let's say, more technical uh, answer. What we do uh, map is uh, with a kind of strength finder profile, how people interact in those teams. So, and then if people are very familiar with this kind of different personalities, people would say, okay, I think you have a kind of misunderstanding because you have this kind of profile and your colleague has this kind of profile and you are, you're, just, you're just communicating on a, on a different level. So somebody can be, for instance, very relational, eh, yellow, and somebody else can be very blue, more rational, and then you have to be aware that the other person has a totally different way of thinking and that's what you have to, to match. Mm -hmm. But in practice especially if people stay for a longer time in, in the company, people are much more familiar with this. So for instance, Mark Peter and I, we work together since six or seven years. Mark Peter is much more yellow and I'm much more blue. So if we, we discuss with each other, then we see that as a kind of different strength, but we still have a different way of approaching problems. Mm. Okay. Does this uh, answer your question in a better way? De definitely, definitely, definitely. Um, I keep mind of the time. I think we have room for one more question, and I want to. I want to combine two things. We already touched upon how VZ adapts itself in times of crisis, where you say, okay, the structure remains the same, but the principle of experience over rotation or rotation over experience changes. One of the principles is also no budgets beyond budgeting. Um, I like you to do two things. First thing, and that was in our preparation talk, um, you mentioned something like, yeah, the way p corporations work today, it's more communism than capitalism. So briefly touch on that. I, I love that, uh, that comparison. And then how does your beyond budgeting, um, approach suit or support the adaptation of an organization in times of crisis? Oh, that's very difficult. Last questions. Um, okay, let's let's first uh, start with the the second part of your question. In times of crisis, or if you also have a small company and you, let's say, depending on 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 budgets, everybody has to understand that there is a certain amount of 
let's say, cost in the company, which has to be covered by revenues. And 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 if you if you have to match this, then it also has to be clear that that you can't uh, just say beyond budgeting means that everybody can just spend whatever one would like to spend. It's a little bit, it's, it's the same discussion you have about self-organization is not that everybody can just do whatever you would like to do. So just to give a context, but in this context of, of a kind of certain freedom, and then I, I, I make build a bridge to communism, is that the more autonomy you have, the wiser or the more intelligent the decisions will be in those teams. So if you have, let's say, a free marketing budget and you would say, okay, how you would like to spend this on what topics is up to the team, makes much more sense than, let's say, far away, somebody else decides how, in what way the marketing budget has to be spent. Mm. That doesn't mean that you can't ask critical questions, but the nearer you are, let's say, to the work or to the clients, the the better, let's say, the decision should be. And that's the 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 link I always make to communism. If we would ask, or especially people from corporates, if you would discuss with them what's the better system, capitalism or communism, everybody will say capitalism is a much better system. And if you would ask them why do you think this, then we all learn that capitalism is the better system because on a decentralized way, people who offer products and people who buy products can decide themselves for what price they're going to sell the products or what price they're going to buy the products. It's a decentralized decision-making principle. If you talk about how companies are organized, then decentralized decision-making is seen as a kind of anarchy. And that's something which I find very funny. Fascinating observation, yeah. Yeah. So, so I would say, as long as a, co- a, a team stays in the boundaries of the budget, it's wise to give them the autonomy to spend it in the most efficient way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the more you centralize the decision making on uh, targets and budgets, the closer you actually come to a communistic model. And what you also have is that there is a kind of embedded responsibility because mm-hmm. if you are able to decide for yourself, you want to prove that you're right. So this extra energy, which is which comes together with self-responsibility, yeah, that's, I mean, that's also the reason, let's say, if we talk about our system again, we'll say free enterprises, uh, entrepreneurs, they believe in their own idea. I mean, only one out of hundred survives, but this energy and this and this responsibility and this belief in 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 let's say in our own ideas as entrepreneurs creates an enormous amount of power and great ideas. Only a few survive, mm-hmm. but it is much more but efficient you, than our communistic system. Yeah. So. A lot of corporates, and that's, I think, a great way to, to to conclude our conversation, are looking for ways to what they call empower people, give people more autonomy, pioneering spirit, things like that. Those are the, the, the words on the slides. If they're not decentralizing the decision power on the money, it is basically 
just talk and no action. Would that be a good summary? Do you agree with that? Or is it too provocative? I don't know. I think it really depends on the on the on the on the different companies. But you see, for instance, that Google in the past also, if they talk about innovation, said, okay, one day a week you can decide yourself you want to work on. And now they are they are skipping this, which in the end will mean that that you will have less innovation. Innovation mm -hmm. always comes from people who leave companies because they didn't have the freedom to develop the ideas they really would like to work on. And that's why Google invented this fifth day. So there you see exactly the same. So give people autonomy also to test their own ideas, which are in the interest of the company. Because if people leave the company and become, let's say, start their own companies, that's what happens all the time. That's why companies don't survive. At a certain point, companies don't survive because the ideas which were there in the company, those Those employees had to leave the company because they didn't have the space to to implement this innovation in the company itself. Mm -hmm. That's a good one to to conclude our conversation, Tom. Thank you so much. I uh, I love the passion with which you uh, talk about these topics and and about your company. Uh, we touched on a lot of topics. Wow. Thank you so much. And um, yeah keep you posted yeah thank you for um for your time and uh, the interesting conversation okay so that is a wrap for this episode of our embossers podcast if you liked it go ahead and hit that subscribe button so you can stay up to date with all our future content for the love of people and business keep unbossing. 